everybody i am sean graham scott alongside as always hello scott sean uh, uh hi good day big uh ooh, uh big week i'm just reading over sean the media guide for the briar this year and uh some interesting tidbits interesting tidbits and despite what it's uh showed outside of our windows most of the day today it is march uh <laughs> it it's not january uh uh-huh. And spring is slowly coming. I <clears throat> I was writing an email today to uh, some colleagues overseas. And I said, uh, I've heard spring is coming. It's snowing outside my window. But uh, hopefully this finds you all enjoying some warmer temperatures as the seasons start to change. The days get longer. It's, it's almost six o'clock here and I'm looking out. There's still daylight outside. So the positive signs are coming. Yeah. But that also means... We're getting closer to the end of the curling season. That's right. Uh, March always brings with it the briar. Often starts in February and, and runs into that first week of March. We started a week later this year, of course, because of the Olympic Games. And it's all set to get underway Friday night from out in Lethbridge, Alberta. The 2022 Tim Hortons Briar. An interesting, Scott, you mentioned the media guide Every year on the media guide for both the Scotty and for the Briar, they put on the defending champion. That's the cover image. And it's always that team as they get the trophy from the previous year. Uh, Not so much this year because that team is not playing. The team that was standing around the trophy last year, they actually have a picture of the Botcher team as currently constructed with Pat Jansen just standing in a curling club with their Team Canada jersey on. Uh, It is one of the most unintentionally funny cover photos uh, that I've ever seen. Sean, wouldn't it have been way more funny to just Photoshop uh, onto where Darren was on the the picture? I think that would have been incredible. It would have been something else. Uh, Yeah, so of course there are a lot of big storylines going into the 2022 Briar. We want to go over not just the teams. We'll talk a little bit about the teams, but just some of the big storylines heading into the week, what we'll be looking for over the course of the 10 days from Lethbridge and uh, talking about what's going on and what we expect to happen. So, Scott, let's uh, dive right into the Briar here. And uh, we will get into the Paralympic Championship as well. Check the show notes uh, down below Mm -hmm. if you just want Paralympics, some stats, some preview of the Paralympics. I'll put it down in the show notes. We are going to talk about that after we talk about the Briar. So, Scott, let's get right into it. As we saw during the Scotties, two pools here. There are three wildcard teams in the field. And we are doing the revised or modified page playoff system where the first place teams get a bye, the second and third place teams will cross over and play each other with the winners going through to a qualifying game to play the first place teams to see who gets in the one, two game, who is in the three, four game. I thought that worked out well enough for the Scotties. I didn't hate it. Some people hated it, but mm-hmm. 
it, it's fine. I don't think we need it all the time, but for the circumstances around this one, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It, it took sort of the drama out of the Friday night games, but to be honest, by the second Friday night, you probably need like a little bit of a break from yeah. uh, intense curling. And so, you know, you can go out, uh, uh, have dinner, you know, go for a walk, something, uh, unplug from the curling for that night because those games don't really matter that much. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, talk about the pools here first, Scott. Pool A and Pool B, of course. Is there a stronger pool? So let's just run through the teams real quick. In Pool A, you got Alberta, Kevin Cooey, Ontario, one of the Howards will be skipping. You got Matt Dunstone as wildcard two. Colton Flash won Saskatchewan over Matt Dunstone. Team Canada and Brendan Botcher. James Grattan and New Brunswick, who is going to be in the same pool as Canada, independent of what the ratings were, just happened to work out that they didn't have to fudge anything. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, the youngest team in the field, represented by Nathan Young. Tyler Smith, another young team coming out of Prince Edward Island. And Thomas Scoffin, a mid to late 20s veteran at this point, representing Yukon. Over in Pool B, it's wildcard number one, Brad Gushu. And their bleary eyes from a week in or two weeks in Beijing. They will be in Lethbridge. Northern Ontario, Brad Jacobs, they were able to win Northern Ontario despite Mark Kennedy not participating in that event because he was over in Beijing. Mike McEwen is representing Manitoba. Jason Gunlickson comes in as wildcard team number three. Mike Fournier is back as team Quebec. Jamie Cooey. Again, as the Northwest Territories, Paul Fleming in as Nova Scotia, British Columbia, represented by Brent Pierce and Peter Mackey coming back after his appearance last year, representing Nunavut. Scott is one of those pools demonstrably stronger than the other one. Yeah, pool A is demonstrably stronger. Hmm. Because... For some reason, Brendan Botcher, well, the reason being that Darren Molding left and all his points yeah. went with them, but also they had, didn't, didn't play as much because they didn't have to this year. Being ranked, what was that, the fifth team in Pool A uh, for yeah, the defending champions? Are. Yeah, that's that's a really tough pool. You say what you will about Colton Flash as a skip. His team has been playing pretty well this year. They beat Matt Dunstone to get there. They end up in the same pool. I think that's going to make another good grudge match in addition to the the one that we are all looking forward to but i think top to bottom maybe maybe the bottom isn't quite as good in in pool a but the the top five or six are are all pretty strong yeah i think that's fair i don't know if it's that much stronger if you look at pool b there's real strength at the top of that pool especially if you look at it seemed like mike fournier they had a nice run last year in the briar they had a pretty good run at the pre-trials as well jamie cooey can certainly beat anybody in the fields on any given day he has the ability to so who knows uh, about that you do have brent pierce peter mackey at the bottom of that and you're not quite sure what you're going to get from them in terms of the competitive level of it and so i i do think actually that that pool a is deeper in that sense because as we'll talk about Nathan Young is a very strong pedigree coming into this event. Whereas uh, on the pool B side, maybe not so much. I also think pool B is weakened by having Brad Gushu in it, which sounds crazy to say, 
that a pool is weaker because Gushu's there. I just have no idea what they're going to have left in them after the Olympic Games being home for a few days and then flying out for this event. And you heard it from Brad after the Olympics where he said that they signed up for this thinking, oh, yeah, we can do it. And then the Olympics ended and they were like, oh, oh, oh wait, we, we agreed to do that. So who knows yeah. uh, how they will perform. It does open up the field a little bit for everyone else there in Pool B, but should be a lot of fun. So, Scott, let's go through Pool A then, since you think that is the stronger pool, and talk about a narrative or a storyline for each of these teams. And let's start at the top of the pool rankings with Team Alberta. Kevin Cooey is here once again. John Morris will participate in the Briar after having participated in the Olympics at the mixed doubles competition and missing the playoffs, of course, somewhat famously. Scott, this is the last hurrah for that team. And you could say this for a lot of the teams in this field, but this is mm-hmm. the last time that we will see these four guys play together so even if they win that's nice team's breaking up they've announced it uh without a formal announcement yet but uh, they've sort of independently confirmed that's going to happen so this will be the last time for these four guys yeah i think there's a lot of shades of 2014 here uh maybe with the the kevin cooey rank you know they came in an olympic year uh winning the briar going on with and playing in the worlds with the the announcement basically already made that they were going to break up. Right. They're all good enough that they could win this event. They're the top ranked team coming in. Is John Morris going to have some trouble getting up for this? I I think not. He'll be fine. Uh, He's in great shape. It's been three weeks now, I think since the mixed doubles ended, it'll be fine. And home team too. Uh, Yeah. Home team, home team, uh, you know, they don't all live in Lethbridge, but home province. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think they'll be fine. I would be pretty shocked if they're not in the mix at the end of the week. And yeah, last hurrah for this team. It, I think most of us are maybe more interested in what they're going to do at the end of this event than what they're going to do uh, throughout it. Another team that will be interesting to watch here is team Howard representing Ontario. They beat John Epping in the final in uh, Scott it's 2022, but an Epping Howard final really screams 2012, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> nothing has changed in a decade in Ontario curling. But even with that, I wonder, is this the changing of the guard? Not in Ontario, obviously, but on this team. Glenn did not skip the team at the Ontario Provincial Championship. Scott skipped it. And Adam Spencer, crusher, was there playing no word on whether or not he was wearing his choker or not, but he was there as uh, on the team filling in for Glenn Ashley or sorry, Carly Howard has been somewhat circumspect uh, when she was asked directly on Twitter, who's going to be skipping. She just said somebody with the last name Howard. Uh, and of course, Glenn <laughs> did not skip last year at the Briars. Wayne Madaw went on that great run. So if he doesn't play this year, that would be two years in a row that he has been unable to play. So is this, Scott now finally stepping forward and being the skip of the team and Glenn maybe transitioning into whether an occasional player or a coaching role or a fifth player, something like that. Is this the change of the guard for this team? Yeah, I think it's definitely come to that. Whether Glenn plays or not, I I would assume he'll play in at least one game. There's no reason for him, unless he's really physically hurt, to not at least step in and 
be on the ice for at least a few throws. <clears throat> but yeah, for sure. This is now transitioned to be Scott Howard's team Howard. He was able to win on the Ontario Provincial against a pretty good field. Yeah. Uh with with this team. Uh his shot making has come a long way over the last uh two or three years from where he was. And so yeah, I think this is uh for sure the coming out party for the new team Howard. Yep, it'll be very fun when a guy named Gomer is skipping a team to a, a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Wild card two, that's Matt Dunstone. As you mentioned, lost the Saskatchewan final to Colton Flash. Question here is, is this the breakthrough for this team? They've been close the past couple of years with some nice playoff runs, tough losses. Certainly last year in the bubble, lost on an angle raise by Brendan Botcher in the semifinal. Now what? kind of colors this a little bit for me in terms of the breakthrough for the team is the Tyler Tardy announcement yesterday that that team is no longer going to play together as Tyler has decided to leave for another opportunity. And given where Matt Dunstone currently lives, it makes all the sense to me that that opportunity is with Matt Dunstone, but certainly it's going to be with somebody who is in this field. Like we, I feel very a hundred percent confident that it's somebody in this field. My guess at the moment would be Matt Dunstone, given the circumstances around uh, the rest of the team. So Scott, I don't know, like if this team breaks through what, what happens or does it really matter? Like, does this have to be a moment for Matt Dunstone to get over that hump? Um, I, I don't think it really matters what happens to the team after the event. I, I don't think that should impact how they play at this event. Uh, Adam is their coach. Adam Kingsbury uh, should be able to keep them in the right mindset, uh, frame things nicely. We've seen a huge improvement from them since uh, Adam has been working with them. So as long as they can stay in the moment, they're able to beat any team in this field. They came oh so close last year, losing the semifinal and a heartbreaker. So I, th- I think they've got it in them for this push. Uh, and then say what what comes after that, we'll leave that for later. Let's just control what we can control right now and win the games that are in front of us. Yeah, totally fair. And yeah, we'll have to sort of see how that uh, plays out over the course of the week. Scott, another team that'll be interesting to see how it plays out for is Team Saskatchewan and Colton Flash and how this mm-hmm. might impact the team's future. You have, of course, Colton Flash, the Marsh Brothers as front end, Catlin Schneider at the third position does this event and how they end up on the table influence what they're going to do moving forward. We, we saw flash after the departure from Cooey go into that skips position. Is there an opportunity for him potentially to go with somebody else back to a front end position? Does he want to stay in the back end? Uh, the marshes seem to come as a pair, but we thought that with the Myers brothers too, and there was a change there and Catlin Schneider has kind of been someone who, who's played with a lot of folks across the country. So I, I don't know, like, do, do we think that this is going to be somehow a referendum for them or have they already made up their minds as to what they're going to do? And that's what I'll be curious to see uh, for this week is if they go on a deep run, maybe, maybe they push it back. Yeah, they might, uh, might decide to run it back. It could have a lot to do with how the Saskatchewan landscape shakes out. Uh, in the next off season, right? I don't think that that they've signed a blood oath or a blood pact to play together <laughs> uh, next year. 
but they're a pretty good team that can make noise in this field that with the pool being so good, I would be surprised if they made it to that last six. Uh, but you know, if they come out and have an above or a four and four week, I think that would put them in pretty good stead looking forward for the next four years. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, in terms of those positions though, you, you would think that Colton probably has a pretty good idea of where he wants to play position wise at the very least. And if he wants to pursue the skip position or not. Yeah. And I, it's someone for someone who skipped and then went away from skipping and then went back to skipping. Yeah. It seems to me like that, that shows that you want to skip. So sure. Uh, there, there would have been opportunities for him to join other teams, you would think, uh, at different yeah. positions, rather than go back and skip his own Saskatchewan yeah. rink. Well, I mean, there's more opportunity now, right? It was two years ago that they made yeah. that change. So middle of the cycle, right now, everyone's a free agent. Uh, independent of what Curling Geek's team tracker currently says, everyone is a free agent. So yeah. You, you just got to see how that uh, how that plays out. Now, speaking of that, Team Canada, Brendan Botcher broke through after the three consecutive final losses and winning last year. Of course, the big story for this team heading into the week is Patrick Jansen will be at the third position after Darren Molding was told he was no longer going to be on the team. And at the time, Brendan Botcher said that there were multiple opportunities or they were exploring multiple options on what to do. They go with Pat Jansen here at the third position. I think there's a, probably a variety of reasons why they decide to do that. So a couple of things that I'll be interested to see. I, I'm very curious to see how the crowd reacts to Brendan Botcher and his team, uh, particularly on Saturday night. But overall, the course of the week, how is the has the anger of social media, which I know social media is not the real world, but has the fans' frustration with Brendan Botcher and how that situation played out, has that fizzled? Or will there be any sort of expression of it? I, I think being in Alberta is helpful to him, um, even though Darren Molding also from uh, Alberta and from the area. So it, it's not ideal in, in that perspective. But I'll be curious to see how the crowd reacts to that. The other thing, too, is does Brendan Botcher have his new player lined up? Because... Pat Jansen seems like a nice guy. He is a very good player. He's not going to be the third for Brendan Botcher moving forward. I would not put my money on that. So how much is Brendan Botcher out here scouting and how much does he need to necessarily work the room over the course of this week? Or does he already have it in the bag? And I'd be curious just to see what his interactions are on the ice. And that's one of the cool things about the sport is that we can see those. Uh, not that they're going to tip mm-hmm. their hand on a live mic or anything, but I don't know, Scott, that, that's sort of my story for this team. But what, what do you got on them? Yeah, I think that that's an interesting take. Like, will this be a scouting event for Brennan Botcher? I, I would say no. He knows basically everybody's ability. The thing about Brendan is that it, he doesn't seem like chummy with other players on the on the ice compared to, I don't know, any other player. <laughs> he's he's kind of like he's kind of like a curling robot out there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's famous for sitting on the end boards, which is kind of a big, like, yeah. Uh, okay guys, hurry it up. Kind of, kind of move. Right. Doesn't matter um, what you do. I'm making my shots. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, you can take just your time. Along. I'll just sit. Yeah. So you're right. Pat, Pat Jansen is a, a really nice player. He's not the shot maker that, that Darren molding is at this point right now. 
if he was, he would be on another team. So I don't know the, the Tyler Tardy announcement yesterday got me thinking a bit about him for botcher, which the more I think about it, the less I like it. I don't really see it, but who knows? Who knows? I don't think this team will be good enough to win the event with the lineup as constituted. And Brendan is going to have to play out of his mind uh, to make it to the, the final six. It's going to have to be him keeping, keeping the ends open enough to give himself a shot at the end. If that shot's going to be, you know, an angle run back for a win, it's 50, 50 to make it, I'd say, but uh, he's going to need to give himself the opportunity. Yeah, no question. All right. Another team that uh, tends to give themselves an opportunity is New Brunswick and James Gratton. He is returning to the Briar for the umpteenth time. Scott, I watched Darren Molding with Bob Weeks today, and Darren was saying that he's excited to be back. Uh, he's, he's looking forward to playing in the Briar again. Of course, he's excited for Saturday night against Team Canada and Brendan Botcher, but wanted to say that it'd be unfair to his teammates if that was the main focus and that was the game they wanted to win. And that's all well and good to say. But with all due respect to James Gratton and his team, this is a one-game event, I think, for them. That they ha- they don't have to win, of course, but they got to put up a good show because that building, I don't know if it'll be as hopping as it was in PEI in 2011 for mm-hmm. the Kathy jennifer Jones game where there was a clear fan favorite in that game. But that building's going to be loud particularly given that we haven't seen fans in a while. It's going to be a a loud crowd. And, you know, I I don't necessarily root for one result over the other. I I hope for good games, entertaining games. Mm -hmm. So I hope it's close. I really hope it's close. And I hope it comes down to the last rock. Yeah, that'd be pretty entertaining. The problem with uh, rooting for close games is that sometimes close games are not that interesting. A lot of times close games can be pretty interesting, you know, if both teams are nipping at each other's heels. But you, I worry a bit with early in the event, a team from New Brunswick, you know, they, they usually take a game or two to, to get adapted to the ice, the arena, having to go out there and play against the defending champion. Right away, it, you worry if they're too aggressive it could go off the rails early. Train pun so, intended. <laughs> yes, it certainly could. Uh, another thing to to look at, Sue, and you know, Darren Molding certainly had his <clears throat> fair share of popular support, fan support, in December. Uh, there was an incident in the New Brunswick final uh, where he kicked a stone towards another player. The situation was sort of mediated a little bit on social media. But it wasn't a great look for Darren Molding. Uh, I don't. I don't really care what happened before it. You just you don't k- kick a rock aggressively in the direction of another player, uh, and that wasn't addressed with Bob Weeks. I was a little bummed out about that. That that didn't come up. I thought it was a big enough story that the question should have been asked. And certainly, the other team on social media after the game was not pleased with Darren Molding. 
And I, I bring that up only to say that Darren Molding is a fiery guy. And the thing that we noticed with Brendan Botcher is that he did calm down a little bit. He was able to be a, a more mm-hmm. balanced in his emotions. He didn't have the high highs and the low lows that we saw a little bit early in his run with that team. But that incident was a little more of Darren Molding early in the botcher run. And so given how big this game is, big, given how fired up everyone's going to be, it's going to be important on that Saturday night that Darren Molding and the rest of the team, but certainly for Darren Molding, to keep it all in check and remember to just focus on throwing the stones and don't worry about the results of it. And uh, so, so I'll be curious to see how that plays out for a guy who is, who is rather emotional or can be emotional out there, which isn't a bad thing. Just always got to make sure it's being used towards making shots and helping your yeah. team. Yeah, that's that's for sure true that uh, his demeanor improved under the, the Brendan Botcher team. Uh, so we'll have to look for fiery Darren and uh, see if he can use it for good, like you said. Yeah. All right, Scott, let's move on to Nathan Young representing Newfoundland and Labrador. This is the only team where all five members of the squad are making their Briar debuts. And actually the only team where the four principal members of the team are making their Briar debuts. I mean, there's only 13 players in the field making Briar debuts and uh, five of them right here on team Newfoundland and Labrador. Now, Nathan Young, young player, but a very good player. He finished second mm-hmm. at the 2021. They called it the world junior qualifier. I don't know why. Should have just called it the uh, Canadian Junior Championship. Champions. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, but he silver medal there went six and two in the round robin. Won a gold medal at the Winter Youth Olympics in mixed doubles back in 2020. Skipped the Canadian team to a five and one record there. Playing with uh, Sam Follett, who was the third on that team back at the juniors. Nathan Locke and Ben Stringer. Uh, ben Stringer was the lead. So that's the same team from that junior event. Combined age of like 10, uh, these guys. They're all very young. They're all students at Memorial University. And we've wondered, Scott, could somebody come, not necessarily challenge Gushu, is sort of beyond that at this point. But if he decides to hang it up or that team breaks up, Nathan Young here is is making a pretty good case to be the team to look out for here in Newfoundland and Labrador men's curling. Yeah. I was, Sean, I'm trying to think, is this the youngest player that's ever played in the Briar on their team? Scott. So, so I, I wanted to ask you this. Do you remember yeah. what you did on your 16th birthday? No, you, no, I don't remember it at all. No. You know what uh, Nicholas Codner, the alternate for this team is going to do on a 16th birthday. Be playing in the Briar. He'll be looking back on playing in the Briar. He is 15. <laughs> he turned 16 on March the 23rd. So we'll have a guy in the Briar who can't, not only can't drive, like he's not learner's permit eligible yet. At yeah. least in Ontario, he's not. Like Glenn Howard at this, when, when Nicholas Codner was born and these two teams are going to play each other, Glenn Howard had won like three world championships. And had been a world championship, a world champion for like 15 years. And they're going to yeah. be playing against each other. That's why this sport is so much fun. Uh, but yeah, this is the youngest team in the field, uh, I think by a lot. 
mm-hmm. my four years uh, to, to PEI's team, but a very young team, no question about it. Yeah, we could be seeing the next Brad Gushirank, uh in, in this team, provided they, they want to keep playing. And, and why not, right? Uh, a really apt name for uh, <laughs> the team in Team Young. Yeah, so good experience for them. They've had a great couple years leading into this. Uh, some some great experience, and we see it. We have seen it before. Junior teams, young teams from the Maritimes who stay in the Maritimes don't necessarily make that jump to the adult game in the same way, and that it takes time. You think of Suzanne Burt, junior world champion, who made the jump to women's play, hasn't replicated the same level of success, which is very difficult to to do, and you. You have mm-hmm. to kind of pursue the Gushu model of you have to leave and play on tour a lot. And it's a very expensive thing to do. But as long as these four guys are at school at Memorial there, keep going back, entering the playdowns. It's not a given that they can beat the Greg Smiths of the world each year, but uh, a, a wonderful story. And it'll be a lot of fun to see them in the briar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Sean, he won gold medal playing mixed doubles at the 2020 youth winter olympics with laura noich from hungary yeah and they they do mixed national olympic committee uh for mixed doubles there uh a cool thing they do to mix up the the players and yeah pretty, anyway i thought that was fun i wanted to yeah. pronounce noich on the <laughs> podcast <laughs> naggy naggy as you would say Yes, uh, yes, as some people would incorrectly say, as I've said in front of a class of students before, uh, incorrectly. <laughs> so uh, let's move on. PEI, Tyler Smith, the other young team in this pool, I believe an average age of 23 for these guys. So uh, coming into the briar, uh, some experience uh, a little bit, but not much on this team. So Scott, for these guys, I think just enjoy the moment, you know, for, same as, as Nathan Young a little bit, get some experience, have a good time probably won't get a tv game but you know, have a good time and really just relish it because uh, you never know when you're going to get back win a couple games but uh, just you know go out there have the time of your lives fellas yeah yeah uh, a couple of the players played for eddie mckenzie last year tyler himself and uh the lead ryan lowry i i think you said it best sean you know have fun with your friends curling at the briar uh pull an eddie mckenzie there you go. And uh, wrapping up the pool, it's Thomas Scoffin from Yukon. He is back again for his third consecutive appearance at the Briar. Hasn't had a great record, but he is a Canadian junior champion. He went to school in Alberta, did win a junior championship out of Alberta. So he is a good player doesn't play as much as I think he used to doesn't play on tour or anything like that, but he has the skills, the ability to win, not the strongest team coming with him as we've seen in the past. So I think the goal for them will just to, to continue to improve. And if you're Thomas Scoffin, not to be disrespectful to any of the other players in Yukon, but you would expect him to be the briar rep almost as long as he wants to coming out of Yukon. So if he can get those reps, he can get into a position like maybe what we saw with Kerry Galushin, what we see with Jamie Cooey, where you come up and you have a great week one year and you can make the playoffs. And I think that might be what we're looking for for Thomas Goffin at some point. So just keep that improvement going. Yeah, keep that improvement going. Uh, I think in 2020 when he was there, uh, he was pretty hard on himself. It would seem after 
uh, missing some shots. You know, I, I was there and coming into the media area, he seemed like a little upset at himself for missing sometimes. And, you know, I think learning from those past experiences, it'll be okay. Uh, just play the game free and easy and play it how you can. Uh, and yeah, maybe you'll pick up a win or two. All right, let's move on to pool number B and let's start with the top ranked team in the pool. It's Brad Gushu coming in off of his bronze medal at the Beijing Olympic Games. Scott, this is a victory lap for this team. They can uh, they don't have to win a game all week. Just uh, wave to the people, shake hands, kiss babies, and enjoy yourselves because uh, this is uh, very likely it for this team. So just go out there, have a good time. I, I For their sake and for their fans' sake, I don't want to see any of what we saw in the last round robin game against Great Britain. No pressure, fellas. Just go out there, uh, have a good time, and that that's it. I think that's all that this team can reasonably expect, and I think all that the fans can reasonably expect from this team. Yeah, I want to see Brad Gushu trying shots that he might not normally because it would be fun if we won this way. That's what I want right. to see. Yeah, a why not yeah. attitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, another team that this could be it for, Brad Jacobs out of Northern Ontario. He has talked somewhat openly about wondering how long he wants to continue to play. How long will the team stay together? Certainly with Mark Kennedy on board, there's questions there in terms of whether or not Mark Kennedy might want to play out of Alberta again or what opportunities Mark Kennedy could have. Of course, after 2018, Mark Kennedy took some time off. So there's uh, some mm-hmm. some questions lingering around this team so the question would be is this it for this team and if they win i I don't know i I think brad jacobs kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit over the great teams of the past decade right coming off of the howard and kevin martin rivalry jacobs he's kind of bridged that gap a little bit with that briar and olympics before Kevin Cooey took over, and then we've seen the the rise of Gushu and Botcher. That that little bridge of Brad Jacobs gets forgotten a little bit. And if he could come out and win this week, that'd be a, a pretty nice cherry on top of what has already been a very good career for him and the Harndons. So I don't know what the future holds, but certainly, again, he doesn't have to win. I don't know how much it'll help his legacy when we look back on his place in Canadian curling. But it'd be a nice kind of capper if this is, in fact, it. Yeah, I think it would be, uh, like you say, a good cherry on the top of your career. I do expect this team will at least take a break next year. I I don't think we'll see them uh, playing at next year's Briar. Uh, Whether they come back, who knows? You know, a a lot of times, like we saw with Mark Kennedy, just needed a year to, know, rehab, recuperate physically and mentally, and then get ready to come back in for the push at the end of the quad. So I'm pretty bullish on them this week, Sean. You know, like you say, they've sort of flown under the radar. Uh, They were pretty good at the trials. Were they good at the trials? I don't even remember. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they were in the playoffs uh, at the trials. But they're like a solid team with, with Mark Kennedy, you know, coming back from the Olympics. Maybe we have a question about that. But uh, like I said with John Morris, I don't think it'll be a problem. And the the lack of pressure for this team for this event i think will will help them they've always performed well when it's been 
a little more easy atmosphere yeah. uh, and they don't get too worked up and, you know, age has mellowed them, but uh, I think this events, the stakes aren't there like they are most other years uh, to win. So I, I kind of like them this week. Yeah, this is as continental cuppy as a briar will ever get, uh, this particular version uh, of the briar. Yeah. Uh, and that could be good for our next team, too. Mike McEwen representing Manitoba. They did announce a lineup change yesterday, Scott, where Colin Hodgson is not going to be playing. He has the dreaded lower body injury, uh, so he will not be playing. He's uh, also tested positive for COVID. Uh, reports on the injury that uh hoping to be back at the players maybe but uh so it's something that uh hopefully uh won't keep him out for too too long and uh, of course we send our best yeah. to him on his recovery and certainly with uh, covid as well so colton lott was going to be the fifth he will now be playing lead and kyle daring is coming in as the fifth player for this team this is a team that Scott they've they've struggled at times over the course of the past few years. Try to overcome that adversity, and I think if this is a more relaxed environment, I think this is going to be something that's good for Mike and Reed in particular. Because when Reed is relaxed and kind of controlling the discussion in a light-hearted way, that's when they play their best, and, and maybe that is going to be the situation this week that'll put them in a pretty good position to succeed. Yeah, when when Reed is being that sort of strong, quiet leader, uh, this team can really perform well. And I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody said uh, they're going to have the most Tuckers in the field uh, <laughs> with Colin out. So, uh, and the addition of Kyle Daring, uh, another Tucker. So, yeah, uh, team team Tucking, team Manitoba Tuck, will uh, we'll see how they can do this week. Yeah, all the tucks. More tucks than you paid for. Uh, another Tucker team, Jason Gunlickson in as wild card number three. You might be wondering, hey, Jason Gunlickson announced that he wasn't going to play in the Provincials, uh, nor in the Briar if he was given an invite. And he put out a whole statement about it, uh, which he did. And then as circumstances changed in Manitoba, he had a change of heart and no longer felt that the conditions in the the province prevented him from playing or he didn't he didn't have the same feeling about it which is certainly his right to do so he is in this field after not having the greatest week at the manitoba provincials but scott i felt this way about carrie galusha at the scotties i feel this way about jason gunlickson this week i think this might be one of if not his best chance to go real deep in this field given where some of the other teams might be slightly compromised especially in this pool where mm -hmm. McEwen has a player out. Uh, so they have to incorporate a new player onto the, onto the team. Gushu is just coming back from the Olympic games. Uh, Mike Fournier, who we'll talk about next. This is sort of a, a celebration week for him as well. So the, the field here that he's going to be competing against might be slightly compromise compared to where you would think these teams would be in a typical year. So this, I think, is a good chance for Gunlickson. And we've seen him have success at Briars in the past. He certainly can win games. But I think that they could, if not should, finish first in the pool. They they definitely could. Definitely could, Sean. I think they're, they're a team that's got a lot of talent. And when they put it all together... They can beat anybody on the 
on the ice. What gets in their way a little bit is, is the execution. Unfortunate to say that they, they're 26 and 26 on the year. So, you know, they've, they've lost games that you think, how'd they lose to that team? But they've also won games against teams that you'd think, Oh, how'd they beat them? Right. So they're really a team that could, could be like, as far as winning the, the event to being out of the playoffs, like, and none of those would really surprise me. What, what do you think of that? I'd be surprised if they missed the playoffs. And I say that only because given the Gushu, pool? I, I just, I'm so uh, bearish, I guess on Gushu uh, and his mm. chances to compete here uh, at a high level. And I know it's Brad Gushu and Mark Nichols and they're very, very good, but just the realities of the situation, I, I would be surprised. So, okay. I, I'd be surprised if they missed the playoffs because of that. Okay. Fair. That's fair. All right. All right. Uh, I mentioned Mike Fournier. He uh, has announced his retirement like five times uh, over the past year, but because of circumstances, he is here and I'm sure he's thrilled to be here after it took him so long to get to a briar and how excited he was at his first one. He is back. Mm -hmm. This will be his final event. We've said that multiple times, but I believe it this time this will be his last event. Uh, Felix Aslan is throwing the four stones for this team and Mike is calling the games saw them at the pre-trials uh did, did pretty well at the pre-trials of course didn't get into the trials but did but did well enough but Scott this is kind of like what we talked about with Brad Gushu for Mike Fournier a chance to celebrate the career go have fun I'm I'm happy for him that his final Briar experience isn't the bubble that he can go yeah. he can have some fans knowledgeable fans too who Whenever Quebec's last game is, I'm sure they'll give him a nice send off. He's a very popular figure amongst the fan base. So this will be a, a good chance for Mike Forney. He'll get a TV game too, I'm sure at some point. So just a, a nice way to cap off a wonderful career for a guy who really put in the time at that middle-class level and really just wanted to push and try to get to the Briar and eventually did. And from all accounts is a good guy and writes and writes a good blog. So hopefully they have a, a good time this week. Yeah. I always like watching a team Quebec play at these events and uh, you're right. This will be a fun send off uh, for Mike Fournier as he uh, decides to hang up his curling shoes from competitive curling. Uh, and hopefully he gets on TV uh, at least once or twice. Uh, that's what I'd hope. All right, Northwest Territories. Jamie Cooey is back in the field. A bit of a different lineup this year for Jamie Cooey. A couple changes. Scott, kind of like what I said with Jason Gunlickson and what I said with Kerry Galusha, this might be a good playoff chance for Jamie Cooey to try to slip in there with a, a potential for a backslide from some of these teams or, or a potential for some of the other teams to struggle. And let's not forget, the ace in the hole for Jamie Cooey. If there's ever any dissent or ever any sense that the team is divided, he's got Robert Borden there on the bench who knows a thing or two about dealing with a divided group of people. So uh, you got to love that, Scott. Exactly. Yes. We, uh, we, we're not seeing the, the young guns come with Jamie for this event. It's a bit of an older team than we've seen the last couple of years, but, uh, uh, yeah, like he can make all the shots. It's a question of does he have it in the enough in the tank? Maybe I, I would argue that the next team we're going to talk about probably has a better chance of making the playoffs than do 
this team from the territories, but you know, uh, always fun to see Jamie at the nationals at the briar. Yeah, no, no question about it. Always, always puts on a good show, both on the ice. And uh, if you bump into him in the patch, all right, Scott, you mentioned the next team on the list. It is Nova Scotia skipped by Paul Fleming making his 10th appearance at the briar of course, was there as the third with Scott McDonald last year, a team that went four and four. Scott, this is a team that I, I put here. The story is for these guys to have a good time, have fun. But you think they might have a chance at the playoffs here? Yeah, I think uh, in this weakened pool, uh, you know, Paul Fleming has won a mixed. Uh, he's been to a bunch of Briars, lots of experience. They, they're sort of I'd say as good as anybody ranked you know four to seven in this pool and I guess better than the ones lower than it so yeah if everything breaks right for them I think they could uh, be in there for that third spot in this pool at the end of the week I think that's that's fair I think it's going to take some doing but they certainly have a chance and again when you have a a skip who's been there a lot uh, certainly never hurts Right to have uh, to have that experience. Yeah, Sean. If uh, if this was Jamie Murphy's rink instead of just Paul Fleming, I'd be, you, way, be I'd be I'd be so much more bullish on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's Jamie. It's uh... but, you don't have Jamie Murphy throwing that four stone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. 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 But uh, no, I think uh, I think they'll be like uh, four and four, five and three on the edge of maybe making the. The, the third spot. All right. Uh, the second last team in the pool is British Columbia skipped by Brent Pierce. And uh, Scott, I was unfamiliar with Brent Pierce. Well, not unfamiliar. I had forgotten about Brent Pierce. Cause I said, yeah, Sean, he's world champion. He's a world champion. He's a world champion. I was like, Oh, this is a career highlight for these guys. I know that they're older in terms of competitive curling, at least. Oh, okay. Career highlight. And I was like, Oh wait, no Brent Pierce. He played third for Greg McCauley. He is a world champion. This is not a career highlight for him. Uh, Jeff Richard, who is the third, he's been to the Briar a couple times before, once as a skip back in 2010. So I don't know. I guess it's maybe a highlight for the younger front end of Jared Kolamaya and Nick Meister, who are both making their Briar debut. But Scott, Brent Pierce, now you've played in BC. They're an island team too, I believe. Uh, or I could be wrong New, on that. New West. They they New play West. at New West. Okay. Yeah. They beat an island team in the final. Is that right? They did. They they couldn't stop referring to them as the Islanders. <laughs> yes. So Scott, yes. have you ever come across Brent Pierce in your very extensive playing career in British Columbia? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, there was a couple. Of course. Of, I'm so uh, great. Of course, I've played him. Yeah. <clears throat> well, no, no. I, I you know I played at the Vancouver Club. Not uh, the hotbed of curling like the New West Club is. But, you know, uh, we played in a few spiels. And I think there was like a, a curling for kids or some kind of a charity event. Uh, and Brent Pierce was the like celebrity curler for my team or maybe a team I knew people on. It was a long time ago. I'm, you know, I, my memory is not as good as it used to be. But uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, very famous in BC curling circles, uh, Brent Pierce. So, I'll I'll be fun fun to watch this team. I don't think they'll do particularly well, but uh, 
they, they had a great week getting out of BC. It, it's not easy to get out of BC or as easy as Jim Cotter would have you believe. <laughs> but they, they had a good week. Uh, Jeff Richard is a very experienced curler as well. And uh, yeah, it'll just be fun to root on BC. I always like to cheer for BC. Yeah, it's always fun to see them. The jerseys are, I, I'm a partial to the BC jerseys too. So uh, it'd be fun yeah. to see Brent Pierce out there. And uh, certainly every time there's a, a cutaway to BC game, be prepared for Vic to remind us uh, that Brent Pierce is a former world champion uh, because a lot of people like me have probably forgotten that. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to Nunavut. Well, it's 22 years ago. Let's move on to Nunavut and Peter Mackey. He was making his fourth appearance at the Briar. This is his second time skipping. He has yet to win a game at a Briar. Uh, so Nunavut has certainly struggled. The first two appearances were with David St. Louis at the skip position. Scott, can Nunavut break through and get a win at the 2022 Briar? It's going to be pretty tough, pretty tough, uh, looking at the matchups in this pool. You know, maybe if they had a game with one of the younger teams from the other pools, Maybe they'd be able to snag one, you know, based on experience alone. But uh, it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, th- these guys are nice. You know, we played against Peter uh, and Dave St. Louis, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, at the Rideau Bonspiel. And they weren't able to win that one. So <laughs> I'm going to say unlikely that they do. But we all hope that they will. Yeah. And Jeff Nadeau is still on this team. I believe we played against him in that game, too. Uh, good guys, for sure. They were fun to sit with afterwards. And uh, we root for them. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to not be biased towards wanting them to win a game, but it will be tough for them for them to do so. So that's it for the two pools. Scott, I want to run down five real quick. What I think will be the most fun scenarios over the course of the week. If these happen. Go for it. I think I think these are. All right. All right. So my number one most fun scenario is that is a scorching hot crowd on Saturday night that the people are into the game and I know there'll be three other games going on, but like there's one game uh, that people are really into it. The crowd is going uh, that it's a respectful crowd, but a a hot crowd. I I think that is the number one biggest win of the week for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that'll be a game. uh, That's appointment television for curling fans in Canada. I'd say, yeah. I kind of wish they hadn't put it Saturday night, though. Really? I like, think Saturday night's perfect. I don't know. I, I you're, it's against the pucks. Like the the Cathio Jennifer Jones game was a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Like you could you could kind of have more of the country's attention, I think. But it's fine. Who knows? <laughs> Let's see. We'll see how it goes. All right. The second most fun scenario is that Brendan Botcher openly recruits during the games. And even if he does it jokingly, like the other team, like Mark Kennedy makes a great shot. He's like, Hey, I could use that. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. Or he just like has a a contract on the table at all times waiting for somebody to come and sign it or something. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. All right. Now I don't know if this is a fun scenario, but eh, we'll put it down as kind of fun. That team Gushu and, John Morris struggle a little this week. And that does two things. One, I think it validates the policy of Olympic teams not playing in the national championship. And let's be clear that this was an exception made for team Gushu as like a thank you 
from curling can. It's, it's clearly a, a hat tip to the team, yeah. but it validates that policy. Also, if that is the case, because they are in different pools here, that if the two of them or if Gushu struggles, the team and John Morris himself struggles, it opens up more playoff potential. And as we saw with the Scotties, new teams in the playoffs was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see uh fresh, fresh uh, players in the playoffs, fresh faces. Yeah. Uh, so then that leads into the number four, most fun scenarios that team Quebec goes on a very deep run that they take that Andrea Crawford spot from the Scotties yeah. and, and have a deep run into this event. Yeah, that would be pretty epic. Uh, maybe Mike Fournier then thinks, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I come back for a little bit. But that would be a, definitely a fun story, as well as having more Martin Kret on our TV yeah. screaming with his face really red. I think that would be fun, too. Yeah, and we get more of that goat meme, too. It'd be fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, and the number five most fun story is that the team that wins breaks up during the medal ceremony <laughs> that, uh, that whoever it is, whoever wins goes over, talks to Brian or Kathy, whoever's there and says, yeah, this was great uh, to win, but man, I'm so glad I'm never going to have to play with these guys ever again. Uh, Cause we're done like that. That would be kind of fun. And then curling can has a scramble to find a team to go to the worlds like <laughs> yeah. uh oh uh, the second place team do you guys want to go uh it's in yeah. vegas <laughs> i think i think that's probably the biggest reason that they don't break up on the on the podium is that hey the worlds aren't vegas let's go to vegas and have a good time you know, we'll we'll break up then yeah then they break up over blackjack on the strip exactly yeah how all good curling teams come to an end <laughs> yeah all right, Scott, uh, there you go. What's Anything else that stand out to you about this event? Anything else fun that you want to see? No, I think we hit hit it all. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I I might not be able to watch most a lot of it, Sean, because I'm going to be yeah. away next week. But As am I. I got my, got my VPN all loaded up on the, uh, on the computer so I can dial up the games when they're on and hopefully see... Uh, a little bit, especially that Saturday night performance. I, I should still yeah. be in town for that. So, yeah. all right, Scott, who you got? So, what do you want? The uh, top three from each pool and a winner. Yeah, top top three from each pool and your winner. Okay, I wrote them down. So, because most of the time I forget, and okay. uh, you say, "Hey, who you got?" And I randomly scramble to to choose. But uh, pool A, Cooey uh, Dunstone, and give me. Team New Brunswick and James Gratton coming out in that third spot. Okay. Out of Pool B, Brad Jacobs, Gunner, and Mike McEwen. I think Gushu probably will come out of it, but just to pick against it, that's sure. my picks. Give me Brad Jacobs to win. I really like their chances this week. All right. So you're going with Brad Jacobs to mm-hmm. win. All right. So for me, I'm going to go with in Pool A, Cooey, Dunstone, Flash, Pool B. I'll do Quebec and Fournier along with Gunner and Jacobs as well. And for me, I guess I'll go with uh, Dunstone to win. And uh, give Saskatchewan that Briar Championship that they've wanted for so long and then announce that he's leaving the province to play out of BC with Tyler Tarkey. Um, <laughs> well, that would be kind of mean. Dean. We'll have to ask Dean how he'd feel about that. 
<laughs> I don't think it would go over well. Well, maybe, or maybe it would. Maybe it'd be like a Kawhi Leonard situation where yeah. you came, you got the championship, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I, yeah. Kawhi is a good comparison. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the Briar. Very much looking forward to that. Scott, let's uh, go through real quick. The Paralympic Winter Games are scheduled to kick off also on Friday. And the Paralympic curling event is scheduled to kick off, I believe, on Saturday. So let's go through the field here. It's uh, pretty much the same field as we saw at the 2021 World Wheelchair Curling Championship, with one exception, a couple minor lineup changes, but it is largely the same teams that participated in that event, which was held, of course, at the Ice Cube, the National Aquatic Center in Beijing, where, of course, this event will take part. If you are new to the discipline of wheelchair curling, there is no sweeping in this event, which means that when we talk about some of the shooting percentages, they're going to be a little lower because of that. And it's a mixed event. So there's no rules on whether it's a 2-2 mix or a 1-3 mix, but it, it is a mixed event. And you have three players at the throwing end, and the two players who aren't throwing uh, typically will put a broom or something behind the throwers, the wheels of the throwers' chairs to give them the stability to get the, the push off. And uh, it's really a fun event, Scott. It lacks the precision of the four-person game because of the sweeping. But when I had the opportunity back in 2017 to talk to Mark Idison at the Olympic trials, he said that he felt that that made it more, a more interesting discipline because you don't have the freeze that you can make yeah. with the same regularity. So uh, that, that margin for error being that much different, you can't play the same strategy. You have to play it a little differently and it makes for a very exciting version of the game that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing over the next week and a bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely different to watch and like uh, how the four person game transitioning to the mixed doubles game, we see you know a lot more big ends available, less precision on the shots because of the the sweeping is not as good as in the four person game. We see another shift that way in the wheelchair game where uh, you're right, those precision draws and freezes aren't quite as precise but leaves a lot of room uh, for interesting strategy and the, the opportunities for big ends do come up. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to watch this too. We had a great uh, finish at the last Paralympics at the wheelchair championships a couple of years ago, that, that team Canada, China game in 2020, but that was in 2020, right? What the controversy with the controversy. No, that was the Paralympics. That was the Paralympics. Okay. That was the Paralympics. Wow, four yeah. four years has flown. Four back. years ago, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like that was exciting. Uh, there's a lot of good teams here. Uh, we'll go over them briefly, but uh, it should be a really, really interesting tournament. Yeah, and what also kind of changes the dynamic too is that these are eight end games, so yeah. it, you don't quite have the same time as you have in the four person game either. And that controversy back in 2018 at the Paralympics, Canada was throwing. Uh, a takeout had made it, but Mark didn't get his chair out of the way in time. And the Chinese stone that was being removed hit his chair 
and the Chinese team left it in play, even though it was clearly going out of play. Actually, when it hit his chair, it started to roll a bit uh, and left mm-hmm. a mark on the ice. Uh, but they left it in, which is their right uh, as the non-offending team to do, uh, but a bit of a controversial move there uh, on the Chinese side. And let's get into it, Scott. Talk about Team Canada because they were going for their third consecutive gold medal uh, with these particular players, or at least with Ina Forrest, who is a three-time Olympic medalist. She throws the third stones for this team. Mark Idison is the skip. John Thurston, though, throws last. And uh, this team, it 2021 at the World Championship, they went 7-4. and four. All their losses were to the playoff, other playoff teams in Norway, Scotland, the Americans, and the Russians. They did not make it into the medal round, however, losing to the Americans in a qualification game. But Thurston himself was the highest ranked fourth thrower in that event at 69.6%. So again, you can see the difference in the percentage by not having the sweeping there. And the team overall was fourth. So I think if you look at the peripherals uh, of this team of what they did at that world championship, pretty good. I think you want to be a little better. They gave up 17 multiple scores in the 12 games they played. So some room for improvement, but if you're going to shoot that way and you're going to be at the top of the table in the fourth thrower position, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to have a pretty good chance to medal. Yeah. Not, that's not really that bad in 12 games, 17 multiples, like, one not and terrible. a half a game. No. Yeah. Not terrible. Eight ends, like you say. So not what you'd love to do there. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think like the the shooting at this uh this Canadian team, their shooting percentages are great. The experience is is there. What's what's changed though is that the rest of the countries are better than they were four years ago or eight years ago. So still a still a really good team, but they're gonna have a tougher road in this Olympics than they had at the last two or three. And one of the teams that is a lot better is team China, the hosts. They are the two time defending world champions in the 2021 mm-hmm. world championships. They go nine and two in the round. Robin Hei Wang is the skip of this team. They were third overall in the team shooting percentage and Jashin Chen was the best third throwing 66%. Scott, we talk about this a lot on the show where if the third is playing really well, the skip's job gets so much easier. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising that this team did really well when you have a player like Jeshin Chen throwing the best third position, right? That that seems to be a, a greater correlation of shooting percentage and team output than even the skip position. And that that's sort of my sense of it. And the more we look into the numbers, the more we do this, the more I increasingly think that third is actually the most important position on the team. And Chen is just another example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you say, two-time defending champions. You don't get there without having a lot of strength at the third position. Uh, this Chinese team is really, really good. I, I think they're the odds-on favorites going in. And I would be pretty surprised if they weren't on the podium at all at the end of the event. Yeah, it would be surprising, yeah. And if you look at that that 2021 world, Scott, we talk about force efficiency, hammer efficiency, 86% force efficiency. That was 17 percentage points better than the next best uh, at 69%. So that's pretty that's doggone good. Pretty good. Yeah. pretty good, yeah, pretty good. All right, let's move on to the Koreans. 
skipped by Sungyam Go. This is a switch from the world championship where J-Hook Jang was throwing the four stones. So a bit of a switch for this team, which went four and seven and missed the playoffs at the world championship. Not great on the hammer efficiency there, Scott. 17%, which was the second worst in the field. And so they're going to have to be a lot more consistent. Uh, Go was eighth at his position at the Worlds. So you, you need some consistency here. Go himself, his low game was 31%. His high game was 80%. That's not going to cut it here, those big swings. You're, you're going to really have to lock in and play consistently well in order to have the results to have a chance at a medal at the end of the week. Yeah, that's uh, the consistency is what uh, this team is really going to need to bring up if they want to compete this week. Uh, interesting that they make the make the switch from from the Worlds, so uh, we'll see if that helps. But uh, consistency is going to be the name of the game for sure. Another team that is going to have to improve from the Worlds is Latvia. This team skipped by Polina Razkova. They are the same roster coming in as the World Championship where they went four and seven. They did beat Korea in that event, so they did finish a spot ahead of them on the table. Though, Scott, they gave up 21 steals in 11 games and 10 scores of three or more. Giving up that many points, it's obvious, is not good, but that's too many points to concede both in steals and in multiple scores. They were last in the field in shooting percentage in that event at only 52.7%, but they're going to have to manage the scoreboard a lot better this week. A lot better, Sean. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Latvia, uh, they're the second lowest uh, member federation uh, in this uh, Winter Paralympic Games and made it in uh, without playing in the Worlds in 2020. One? No, they played. Or, so they, they had to finish at a certain spot to get into that top 12. It was, yeah. It, it, the issue was that Italy had a chance to get in. And if Italy had secured enough points, uh, they basically, if they finished ahead of, of Italy, they were fine. So, they which they bumped. did. Yeah. So, and, and okay. I think not even just ahead of it, like Italy had to beat them by a certain number of spots. Uh, to get the points necessary. So they finished ahead of Italy. It wasn't really uh, an issue once she got about halfway into the week. But yeah, so they they were on the the edge. They, they had a potential oh, of yeah. not qualifying heading into that world championship, but they did enough to earn their spot. Uh, nice to see a, a different country represented than what we saw at the Olympic Games, but not not a lot of expectations this week. No. All right, let's move on then to Norway. And the team skipped by Justin Stordahl. This team at the World Championship went five and six, finishing in seventh place. They did have a pretty significant loss to Latvia, losing six to three in that game. That was a big swing for them. Otherwise, they they had a chance at the playoffs, uh, but that loss kind of took them out of that. They also lost close games to the Americans and the Scottish team losing by two points uh, in those two games respectively. So it is a playoff threat despite that struggle in 2021. They also lost in in 2020, they lost the 5-6 game there. So they've been on the periphery of contention the past couple of years 
at the world championship. But the key here for me, at least when you look at the numbers of that 2021 world championship is the lead. Cecil Lockton was the last ranked lead uh, finishing 11th in that field in 2021. Uh, They also made a lineup change. Mia Svaberg came in after two games to play second after the second Gur Arn Skosgad really did struggle in the first two games. So some shifting lineups there, but that front end is going to have to be a lot stronger than what we saw at the world championship because this back end can make a lot of shots, Scott. For sure. A a really good back end. Like you say, their federation Norway, Sean is ranked second in the world behind China in the wheelchair discipline. So uh, I definitely a, a metal threat. I'd say not even just a playoff threat for this team. I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. We do see a little bit more lineup shifting uh, in the wheelchair game. If somebody's not got the touch or the feel, uh, they will bring in the alternates more regularly than we see in in the four-person game. Uh, so something to watch for. But uh, yeah, I think this team will be right there at the end of the week, Sean. They're they're quite talented. Yeah, they're they're really good. So uh, yeah, and I, I do think that the, the change does happen a little more regularly, uh, as you say, in the wheelchair game uh, than what you might see in the four-person uh, game at the Olympics, for instance. So uh, let's uh, move on to the Russian team. As we record this, they are still scheduled to be there. Uh, that might change from the time that we speak to the opening ceremony, given the global circumstances of the moment. But as of right now, they are scheduled to be there. So let's talk about them. Uh, they are skipped by Konstantin Kroktin, who this who was very good at the 2021 World Championships. They went eight and three in the round robin, lost to the Swedes in the semifinal, but did rebound to pick up the bronze medal, beating the American Scott. Here is an amazing stat to me: is that over the course of their games, their 13 games, they stole 30 ends, not points, ends. Only gave up nine steals. Remarkable. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty good plus minus, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're stealing, if you're stealing more than the opponents, you're coming out ahead in a lot of the games. And Sean, they were the best team percentage wise as well at that 2021 Worlds. Isn't that correct? Yeah, at uh, 69 percent, so two and a half percent better than the Swedes. So very strong team uh, and performance mm-hmm. at that event, and yeah, just getting tripped up there in that semifinal. But certainly, if they play this week, uh, a metal threat. But we thought that, frankly, about Sergey Glukov too, and uh, well, didn't quite some, work some out. people did. Some people <laughs> did. Yeah, and on the women's yeah. side too, didn't work out there either. Yeah, it didn't work out there. And they'll be playing under the uh, Russian Paralympic Committee banner should they yes. play. All right, so let's move on then to Team Great Britain. Of course, Scotland, but Team GB for the Paralympic Games. Skipped by Hugh Niblo, who is skipping but throwing third at this event. Gregor Ewan will throw the fourth stones. They went six and five at the World Championship. Lost to Sweden in the qualification games. Interesting, they had that positive record for the week, but minus six on the scoring overall for the week. They scored multiple ends 20 times, Scott. 
They gave up a multiple score 20 times. <laughs> They're very exciting games. If you go through the list of their games from that world championship, there are some tight scores and, and some tight scoreboards, uh, even if this, the final score wasn't close. Over the course of the game, there it, it was tight and then maybe broken open a, a little bit late. So they play some exciting games, and they're mm-hmm. a team that – Six and five at that Worlds could have easily been a four and seven, or it could have been like an eight and three. Uh, that's just the type mm-hmm. of games that they were playing at that event. So they should be a, a team to keep your eye out on here. Definitely playing a lot of close games is fun. And uh, yeah, if you want to watch some Paralympic curling, maybe pick the game that they're playing in because uh, yeah. it should be an exciting affair. All right, next up, we got Team Slovakia, skipped by Radislav Duris. This is the same team as played at the 2021 Worlds. They were relegated, though, going three and eight. So they will have to come through and requalify for the Worlds next year. Duris is the skip, but Peter Zatko is the fourth thrower here combined. They have a lot of experience of appearing in 25 world championships as the team. It's also the team that appeared at the 2018 Paralympic Games, going four and seven in that event. A bit of a change in the lineup from that, uh, though, as I said, with Zacho moving into the fourth thrower percentage. At the world championship, kind of a cool stat for them is that they had a 59% force efficiency, which was better than some of the playoff teams. Pro- problem is, yeah. Yeah, what's the problem though, Scott? They gave up uh, quite a few big ends, uh, 10 ends <laughs> yeah. of three points or more. Uh, second last in shooting percentage. When you're not making your shots, it's uh, really easy to give up big ends uh, in this discipline. So tidy up a bit the shooting percentage, and you should see those uh, multiple scores against coming down. And perhaps, perhaps the force efficiency even goes up further. Yeah, because 59%, you're going to be happy with that. Uh, but if a lot of those 41% are threes or mores, you're not as happy with it. Not as happy, no, for sure. Uh, let's move on to who I think might be the favorite here. Team Sweden, they are coached by Alison Kreviasik, a very familiar name to those of us here in Canada and specifically those of us here in Ottawa. This team is skipped by Villo. Peterson Dahl, this team went eight and three at the world championship, lost the final to team China, but they can score points. Scott, they scored 103 points in 14 games. They had 20 scores of two, eight scores of three, three scores of four and a four plus on top of that, all those multiples, they also stole 24 ends. So just a remarkable week scoring-wise for them. Two of the three losses in the round robin were by combined three points through 67% as a team. Very strong week, very strong performance. In 2020, they went 9-2 and two at the World Championship, lost the, or won the bronze medal there. I think they're poised, Scott, to take a step up to the gold medal platform here and come out on top that they're going to be my pick. wow okay wow uh this team sean rocketing up the member association standings uh up four spots from the last time they were ranked to number eight in the world based of course on that strong performance at the world championships i i could see it kind of going either way but if they're playing super strong 
and scoring those multiples like you spoke of, yeah, they're, they're definitely a threat for the top of the podium. I, I can't argue much with, <laughs> with that logic. Score more points than the other team. You're going to win. win a lot of games. Yeah, and I talked about this in the World Championship preview when I did that back in the fall for the World Wheelchair Curling Championship. But Ronnie Person, this is going to be second Paralympic appearance in curling, but a five-time Paralympic medalist in skiing. This guy is just a remarkable athlete. Uh, just a really wow. cool career for Ronnie. So it'd be fun to see him there. See if he can get that uh, Paralympic medal in curling to go along with his rather extensive collection of medals from his, his skiing career. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Swiss side. Skipped by Eric Decolvet. He was the lead back in 2020 at the World Championship, coming in now to skip the team. But Hans Bergener is throwing the fourth stones. He was the alternate at the 2018 Paralympics. At the World Championship, this team went 2-9 and and has been relegated, so they will have to earn their way back to the World Championship next year. A bit of a concern in terms of the percentages. De Colvet was 11th in the field, through only 43%. Uh, Bergener was ninth at 52%. So shooting-wise, they weren't they weren't great. Now, we always say that shooting percentage doesn't tell the whole story, but they also gave up 24 steals, and they were the worst in the field, and the plus-minus at minus 47. So coming into this week, you look at their numbers. Uh, in 2020, they were also relegated to uh, from the World Championship, did on their way back, but past couple of world championships, not strong performances. So going to be tough for this team if they don't really clean up those issues. Yeah. They, they made a switch, right, Sean? Um, so Hans is going to throw fourth rocks in this event. Yeah. So that is a switch from what we saw at the world championship. Yeah. Hans moving up to that fourth position, Eric coming down to throw third. Yeah. So hopefully this will, uh, you know, shake things up a bit and, uh, get, put them in a better position to succeed uh, this time around. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Americans. Team that went eight and three at the World Championship, lost the semifinal to China, lost the bronze to the Russians, skipped by Matthew Thumbs. And fourth thrower is Steven Emtz. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, this team went, uh, or excuse me, Emt himself was the third at the 2018 Paralympics where the team went two and nine, but much stronger performances since then, uh, of course, with the playoffs at 2021. Shooting percentage about middle of the pack for the back end at the World Championship, and they were playing a lot of close games, kind of like Scotland mm -hmm. at the World Championship. They had five games decided by two or fewer points, two others decided by three points. So tight games, which it's it's good. It shows that you're competitive, but over the course of the week, playing a lot of tight games, Scott, that can kind of take it out of you mentally. Oh, definitely, Sean. And this team needed to win uh, to get into this Paralympic uh, field. Yeah. So uh, obviously got there with a great week. They're the 11th ranked association, Sean, in this discipline. Uh, only Latvia and uh, Estonia, who we'll talk about in a second, are, are behind them. Uh, they had a, an amazing week. It's whether they can put that together again. And like you say, they played a lot of close games. You know, does that uh, luck run out in this event? Who knows? Yeah, yeah there was a scenario. It wasn't a, a high 
possibility, but there was a scenario going into the Worlds where the Americans didn't make it in. But mm -hmm. uh, they did. Uh, had a great performance, and it was never really in doubt. You know, going into that event, we thought, okay, this could be exciting at the end of the week. Then the Italians really struggled, and the Americans did really well, and it kind of took the excitement in terms of Paralympic qualification out of it uh, pretty early right. in the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it did, but uh, good for them. But a team that was very happy that the excitement was taken out of it was Estonia as they got into the World Championship based off of their points before the 2021 World Championship. They did not play. They did not qualify for the 2020, for the 2021 World Championship. Not a lot of information available for this team. Uh, they went 5-1 and one in 2020. I uh, did not qualify in a couple events in 2019. Scott, this is kind of one of those great unknowns for this event, a team that we just haven't really seen, don't know a lot about. No, uh, and and doing research for this, Sean, I, you know, I was scouring sources for for some information. Uh, what I found was very scant. the The team went five and one in an event in 2020, uh, but didn't qualify in two other different events they played in 2019. Uh, as a member association, Estonia is 14th in the world rankings. Uh, so the lowest ranked uh, association in this event. Yeah, they're a real wild card. I, I would say that probably they don't do well, but you know, maybe they've been developing a powerhouse in the background uh, the last year or two and come out and, and totally dominate. I mean, we just really don't know. Uh, our friends at Rocks Across the Pond did a, a really good rundown of the Paralympic event uh, and do have some stories on some of the players, like uh, little bios of how they got there and that kind of thing. But uh, as far as data on the ice, we don't have much. No. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Andre the Skip there, see how, how he does uh, in this week and uh, so there you go those are the 12 teams who are currently scheduled to participate in the curling event at the 2022 paralympic games in beijing scott i've tipped my hand here that i'm going to go with sweden to win i will go with the canadians in second and the chinese to get a bronze medal that's my podium but who do you like yeah, Sean, I really like uh, Norway. I, I think uh, I, I don't know why. I just really like them. They're they're high up there. Um, uh, give me Great Britain on the podium as well in second place, and China for that bronze medal. I think they lose one of the semifinals. All right, so there you have it. Uh, our picks for the Paralympic winter games so very exciting times here and as scott uh, mentioned yeah we will uh, certainly recommend if you want more information on the players of the paralympic curling event head on over to our friends at rocks across the pond check out their episode breaking it all down so scott anything else from the world of curling that you want to touch on this week oh boy sean this is uh this has been a long show already i can uh smell some food coming from the kitchen downstairs so my stomach says no. I don't have. I don't have anything more to say. All right. Uh, yeah. Not really much else to talk about. Uh, there is, as we mentioned with the Paralympics, uh, the World Curling Federation has put forth a, a motion. They passed a new rule, essentially that they can uh, kick out teams from World Championships or any WCF events 
if that team's participation would go against the spirit of the sport. There's a whole wording to it. Uh, so the process is in in or it is in process for the Russians to not be able to participate at the Paralympic Games nor at the upcoming World Championships, which the way I see it, on the men's side, Finland would get in. On the women's side, Latvia would get in as they were the last teams eliminated at the world qualifying event. Now, who knows if that's actually what will end up happening or if Russia actually doesn't end up playing. Those are decisions mm-hmm. that well are well above our pay grade, but we will just say that uh, we'll join the chorus of people in um, hoping for a peaceful resolution to what's happening. And, uh, you know, for the, the folks uh, in Ukraine, uh, there's not really much I can add to it other than we just, mm-hmm. we, we hope mm-hmm. for peace and, uh, you know, best wishes to everyone in Ukraine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that'll be it for this week's episode. Thank you everybody so much for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, do the likes, ratings, comments, all that fun stuff helps other people find the show, keeps us growing. Do head on over as well to gamestonespod.com where you can find all of our past episodes plus a link to the merch and all the proceeds to Food Banks Canada and the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. Of course, you can also follow us along on social media at Game of Stones Pod on Instagram and Twitter. It's Game of Stones Podcast if you're looking for us on Facebook. And if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So Scott, we got two big time events to watch this week we had a couple not as big time events but swiss championship scottish championship the curling schedule just keeps rolling right along sure does sean and uh we just keep rolling along with it absolutely uh, yeah i'm looking forward to watching uh, watching these events and we you know we'll be on social media as they unfold to uh give our takes uh so follow us along as sean already mentioned <laughs> So enjoy the games, everybody. Uh, We'll be uh, watching them right along with you, and we'll be here to talk about it once they've all been played. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...